So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, lords and ladies, birds, dogs, cats, reptiles, pedophiles, priests, those that are in prison and have made it out of prison. Hello to the queen. Hello, queen. Pretty decayed as we speak, no? I'm sure she was preserved lovingly. How long does it take for the body to decay? It's not that long. I mean, but they embalm them, so that takes longer. I mean, bones and teeth and stuff last for like a million years, but... The flesh goes pretty quick. Interesting. Hello to Megan's saggy titties, both on the wall and in real life. Anybody else? No, I think you got it. Ah, oh, yes, the murderous King Charles, allegedly. It is season two, episode 32, of the world-famous, chart-topping, most offensive, and most inconsistent So I Married an Alcoholic podcast. How are you, darling? I'm good. I'm Megan, and I'm an alcoholic. Oh, that's nice. Okay, I think we were at that part, right? Hello, I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. Good, now that that's settled. What comes next? Let's thank the sponsors. Thank you to the sponsors, our studio sponsor, sponsor of the world-famous Safe Space Boob Studio, Marlene Graphics, MarleneGraphics.com for all of your printing needs. And our show sponsor, Realtor and a Baby, RealtorAndABaby.com for all of your real estate needs. And again, RealtorAndACougar.com for all of your erotic housing needs. Hey, darling. Hey. Fuck you want to talk about? I don't know. That's why I asked you before we got on mic. I'm fucking feeling some kind of way this evening, let me tell you. He's been feeling some kind of way all weekend. I'm not really sure why, because we had a great, like, Friday. I thought it was awesome. Fridays are stupid. We worked together amazingly as a team. Chris had a great closing. I picked up all the food. We we, um, planned and threw a lovely little party that was really, like, joyful. Parties are stupid. It was pretty wonderful. Parties are overrated. And we were in a really good place. And then, I don't know, I guess since Saturday. You didn't pick up the tab, though, did you? Yeah, I did, actually. I don't believe you did. Okay. When'd you give me back my debit card? It's sitting on the counter. Ooh, several days later. There's nothing left on it, so it doesn't matter. Story your life. So I don't know what Chris's problem is. He doesn't want to share with me. He would just like to hurl insults. How do you use the vacuum? I push it, and then I like the hand tool to get around the sides. It's interesting. You can't, you don't get the sides good when you do the pushing part. So it's got to be a two-step process. What about the part where you plug it in so it actually fucking works? I do plug it in. Doubt it, bro. Mm, Okay. I actually love using the vacuum. You know why? Oh, indulge me. The dog's scared of it. So it leaves me the fuck alone for the moments (laughs) that I'm vacuuming. It's actually a safe space for me. (laughs) The vacuum is my most valuable tool in my defense against the bird. That's why you need guns. <laughs> okay. Or a vacuum. Or a vacuum. How productive. Although, I don't know if you could hurl the vacuum at the neighbor. No, probably not. That'll take care of itself eventually. Mm. We had a good week. We had a great week. It was pretty good, so I'm not sure why Chris is all crotchety old man. Because I'm a fucking crotchety old man. I know, but it's annoying. I'm going to be super honest with you. So is your voice. I've gotten to the point in this relationship 
where I view it as like a daily practice of patience and tolerance. And also, I know the only thing I can control is my reaction. Well, now you know how your cuckold husband felt. So I would say over the past four years. That's the first husband. I have definitely done a good job at fine tuning that. I think that's fair. However, I think there also is a point where, yes, you can only control your reaction to things. Mm. However, when you're in a relationship, Mm. there are some things that are just unacceptable. And you should speak your piece. Like holding many relationships at once. But that is not happening in this relationship unless there's something you would like to tell me. Not yet. So, I'm too old to fuck around. I know. Can we be honest? No, I'm exhausted. Who has the time for that? I could barely fuck you. I, um, tell me about it. There was, I, seriously, well, there's so many different places I could go okay. there. Oh, oh. I have to deep breathe, breathe deep. Okay, I refocus. So we had a good week. Unfortunately, we missed the podcast last week. We were burying Grammy Jude's penis. I mean, Grammy Jude's father. Sad. It was sad. It was. Um, it was kind of nice, though. I, I mean, know funerals are never like happy. No, but I mean, they should be a celebration of someone's life. I mean, it's not like he was, you know, a thirty-year-old man that died tragically. I believe he was in his nineties. I think ninety-three yeah. to be exact. I think if I make it to ninety-three, I, I don't. I don't think I want people to necessarily be sad at my funeral. Like, I think that's a life well lived. No, I agree. I don't think I want to make it till 93. I do if I have all my faculties, but I mean, that's looking <laughs> grim. You won't fucking know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if I can take care of myself, then yes, I'd be very happy to live till 93. See my children grow up, their children grow up. But the moment that I can't, then I'm good. Peace out. I've I've had enough. You know what I mean? I don't want to be a burden to anyone ever. I think, unfortunately, at this point in time, it just doesn't work like that, right? No, I know. I, I agree with that. I'm just saying, I don't I don't mind being old. I just want to be old and functional. And then when I'm no longer functional, I'm good. Yeah, pull the plug. We'll wrap that up. Just like you in that vacuum. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's obviously sad to um, go to a funeral. There's always obviously mixed feelings, sad feelings. Um, but, you know, some good memories and things like that, I think, that are brought up. Um, but it was nice for us to go up there. It was. And there were numerous people that are like, what are you two doing here? And you know what? One of the the greatest parts of my recovery is the answer that I gave. And it's 100% true. And sometimes I practice it and other times I'm like, fuck this. I'm tired. It's the fact that we can be there. Definitely. I mean, we knew that, um, you know, Jude and your dad would be having obviously a tough weekend. Grammy Jude. And we were able to show up for that. And I think that's pretty amazing. And I think for them, getting to see Frankie um, was a bright spot in that. Getting the unexpected visit because, you know, they are seven hours away. So we don't get there and they don't get up, you know. I think we do a great job at it, but it's not as often as we'd like. It's every couple months, not once a month, not every couple weeks, you know? No, it's like maybe twice a year. Yeah. So, um, you know, the fact that we kind of got that unexpected visit was nice, even though the circumstances were sad. Yeah. And, uh, you know, 
again, I've said it before, I'll say it again. It's always nice when somebody else picks up the tab. And I think, you know, it's obviously always wonderful for them to see Frankie, but I'm sure it touches them in a, like a very deep way that you're able to be there. Like how that priest touched Rick? I think that there's, you know, you've been the first to say there's been funerals you have attended or have missed that you are not on the top of your game because of being an addiction. Yeah. More than once, unfortunately. And that's, again, why I said not that long ago that one of the, the greatest parts or the the most rewarding parts of the the lackluster program of recovery that I work is that I can be there. Yeah, which is, and I'm sure they're proud of you, you know? Well, of course they are. And they get to take a sigh of relief. Like, think about, you know, now being a parent, all the worry that must have gone on all those years. My mother wasn't necessarily too worried. She told me to kill myself. Well, we're not talking about her tonight. We're talking about Dick and Jude. Oh, no. (laughs) Grammy Alice has her own fucking episode. So, I mean, you know, I think that just the fact that you've been able to take that worry away from them is a huge relief. Well, you hear, I mean, if you've ever been to a meeting or I, I think more so you hear it a lot more in rehabs that people are like, oh, you know, I talked to my mom today or my dad, my parents, whatever, my significant other can even extend to. And they are just happy that I am in a safe place and they know I'm not going to die tonight. Yeah. My dad always says that you're only as good as your worst off child at the time. So you're only as happy as your unhappiest child at the time. Interesting. Yeah. And I love that saying because it's so true. When you become a parent, you take all that on, you know, like your kids' victories, but their trials, their fears, their, you know, their hardships. Like that's something that you always worry about. So the fact that they can go to sleep at least knowing that you're okay tonight is a huge deal. And showing up for an event like that, I think, just solidifies it. And not to mention Frankie looked adorable as always. No, she was, and she was really well behaved. There were there were gloves and a hat involved. And charming. Like it just warms my heart because she loves Papa Dick and Grammy Jude. And like it's so excited to see them. I mean, she was a little off when we first got there, but it was a long drive and she was tired. But then hugs, kisses, <laughs> talking to them, dancing. Like, you know what I mean? Just like even though she only gets to see them every, you know, four, five, six months, it was like she never left. Yeah, absolutely. It's huge. Yeah, it was a very big deal. What else? Uh, so Chris and I did talk a lot about, you know, funerals and death and all that kind of stuff. You and know, some really uplifting shit. <laughs> we had a seven hour drive home. We had to talk about something. So mm. we started talking about like what our funerals look like. And I don't mean that. And I mean, Chris is, I think he wants to arrive on an elephant. I'm not sure. But the... Um, geese. I want. I want geese <laughs> to fly me like in. Some, yeah. Nobody Information. Fucking, nobody loves geese. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be shitting all over the crowd. <laughs> it's that perfect. Actually, yeah, it's a perfect metaphor for your life, honey. I'll shit on you in life and death. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. Um, but we start to talk about like, what do you want your obituary to say when you hit ninety three or seventy nine or however lucky we're, you know, blessed to live. What do you want people to say about you? I feel like I'm going to tell the the most offensive part of, of this story, and there's a little bit of a backstory involved. So uh, said dead person shall remain unnamed, but their obituary 
And again, I don't want to, you know, take away from their accomplishments or anything like that, but the obituary itself literally read like a resume or a LinkedIn bio or something like that. And not once was loving father mentioned. Not once was he loved to spend time with his children and his grandchildren. Nothing like that. And I was, again, to each their own and whoever wrote it, I mean, it was grammatically correct and everything was punctuated accordingly. But I would never, well, first of all, my, my obituary would never read like that because I haven't accomplished shit. I'd be like, my obituary would be something to the effect of he lived, he made terrible life choices, and he died. That's it. Yeah. That's all I want. And his, oh, and loving father. And his beautiful wife tolerated him. And he loved his bird dog. Yep. Actually, bird dogs. There's going to be many of those in my future. Doubt it, bro. But, I don't know, it just kind of struck me as sort of odd that that wasn't mentioned. And, and again, I'm sure I'm going to catch backlash for this. And, you know, it is what it is. Create your own fucking podcast. Well, I don't even think you have to talk about that. I just think, you know, we talked about what well, we I think want we ours have to, to say. set that up because that's how we started having that conversation. Sure. And it wasn't like we were just randomly four hours into a six, seven hour road trip and we were like, hey, um, let's talk about some morbid shit. What's your obituary want to look like? <laughs> no, it wasn't like that at all. Well, and I think it comes to the, down to people measure success differently. Agreed. And believe it or not, that was actually where my first marriage failed before it even started. Really? Yeah. That's where it failed. Before it started. Yeah, because we had different ideas on what success was, what happiness was, what it was to, I don't know, pursue your best life. Does that make sense? It sure does. Let's shelf the offensive obituary for just one moment. Let's talk about that. So what did success look like versus what it does look like? And I guess what changed? I have to take like some blame, not even some, a ton of the blame because oh, I big of you. also wanted to pursue this lifestyle. You know, I wanted the big house. I wanted the perfect family. I wanted, you know, I wanted all these things. Um, I, I wanted to be successful in that sense. I wanted to be a stay at home mom and like go shopping all the time. And I don't know. And I, I guess one day that changed for me. So... I totally understand that. I appreciate that. Who doesn't want that sort of picturesque life, right? So I don't think I want that anymore. Well, no, I'm just saying. But like, yeah, I think that's okay to want that. Sure. Right. Your priorities change. But who I, I don't know who's sitting in their sophomore English class or about to graduate college with their life completely planned out as it should be or as it should not be. And who doesn't have that? Again, the American dream is the White House, or not the White House, but a house, white picket fence, dog, two and a half kids, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I think that- And then life slaps you in the face and things get put into a different perspective real quick. Sure. For me, though, having relationships, having a happy marriage, having good friendships, having being a loving mother was far more important. And we did not match up on that. In a sense, I always say when I when I look back and they talk about my life, I want them to say, you know, she gave more to this world than she took. Oh, I love that. Her kids 
adored her mm. beyond measure and she they were the center of her universe. That is true. Um, her and her husband laughed and enjoyed life together. I feel like you have to be more specific there. This one that's sitting next to me. Um, well, that you can't put that in your obituary. So the cockmaster and her enjoyed their life, many laughs, <laughs> and did a lot of things together. The second husband that wasn't a cuckold. But I just, you know, that's how I'll measure success. I, I would have like the fact that I was a nurse for a bazillion years by the time I died and worked up until, you know, they put her in the ground um, in there just because my profession means so much to me. Sure. But not because I will have accomplished anything, but changing the lives of patients. What if you're the reincarnation of Florence Nightingale? I don't believe I am. And I'll also never, you know, be the director of nursing anywhere or, you know... Uh, run a hospital like I don't have the ambition to do that not I just, your thing no I just want to take care of people my family first and then patients that's it and I don't again I, I, I'm not going to say a lack of ambition just the fact that that is not a goal of yours because do I dare say like you are in your lane this is your wheelhouse bedside care patient care is your wheelhouse Absolutely. Uh, it's funny when we're at so the funeral. So it's not funeral, a lack of ambition. Someone said to someone said, oh, and then, you know, I guess their wife was a nurse and then they're in management because, I mean, you don't actually say a nurse, you know, forever. You go into management. And I was like, well, actually, I'm never going to go into management. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I dabbled in it for about six months and it was awful and I hated it. I am completely clinical. I will do bedside care till the day I die. It's what I love. It's what I'm good at. You know what I mean? I think you got to play to your strengths. But anyway, the point of the story is oh. that's what I would consider success. Mm -hmm. My obituary will have nothing to do with any accomplishments because they won't be measured in a professional way they won't be measured by our bank account or anything like that well thank god for that but i also don't think it's wrong that some people feel that way i think everyone lives their life differently i just think unfortunately when two people like that are married it doesn't always work out well it's interesting yeah worked out for me what's your obituary gonna say probably a lot of heinous things that's because i'll be the one writing it yes <laughs> Uh, you know, definitely important is a loving father. I, I think what you said speaks just volumes that, you know, gave more to the world than he took. And I've said that constantly. And success is measured very differently. I don't want my obituary to have really anything professional in it. Yeah. I just, I want it to be, I also want it to be an accurate reflection of the life that I lived. Yeah, sure. Like, I think it's almost important to tell the early part. Yeah. Spent the first half struggling his ass off or her A ass off. Absolutely. And then had the greatest redemption there ever was. You know, one of the biggest things that bothers me, maybe not one of the biggest things, but I feel like people are doing such a disservice to the quote-unquote cause, if you will, when they write things like, and the person died, you know, of a drug overdose or liver failure or something like that. And I get it. It's not, you know, the, the brightest light in the world to shine on something. But I think it's a huge disservice when people say things like, suddenly died, instead of being like, struggled with addiction, 
Like, fuck you. Let's talk about it. Yeah, this disease kills people. It's, it's not a reflection on your loved ones that you could not, quote unquote, champion or kick the monkey off your back or whatever you want to talk about it. I mean, I, I certainly don't measure my success by the fact that for right now, I've, I've championed my disease, but it's still a really big fucking part of why I'm here. Right. And I think it's important to note, like, and again, that's right now. Shit could fall off the wheels tomorrow and yeah. we could be having a completely different conversation. But for right now, I'm good. Yeah. And addiction isn't a weakness. It really is a disease. It is. And, you know, I, Chris and I have talked about this before. Picking up that first drink or that first drug and then falling into addiction. There's a p time when you're in active addiction that it's not weakness. It's not just not wanting to get clean. It is hard as hell. You are in the trenches, in the throes of it, and there literally feels like there's absolutely no way to get out. And I have met, again, it's not a reflection on your socioeconomic status. It's not a reflection on your upbringing, your parents, what side of the tracks you came from. Some of the most educated, uh, highest earning, best pedigreed people I've ever met were in either the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous or in a rehab. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, people that are addicts or alcoholics, there's a part of them that's tortured. And sometimes it's kind of like with great in intellect or great skill or great whatever comes that torture. Does that make sense? Oh, I mean, it certainly does to me. When a person that, I don't even know how to say this without sounding like a total asshole, but Ooh. it's a simple program for complicated people. That person that is simple-minded has a lot easier time following the steps. And I know that sounds silly, but the no. ability to not overthink it is huge. That's, uh, you can speak to this. That's my biggest problem is I will overthink the simplest thing in the world. And a lot of times you're like, it's not that fucking complicated, idiot. I know, we all do it. Well, and it's, you know, it is what it is. It is. All right, anyways, back to my obituary. Uh, I think that's it. You know, made poor life choices, but had a very discerning palate. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I like it. Uh, and success for me is not measured by a bank account or, you That's know, good, because it would look pretty glum. What I accomplish professionally or anything like that. I was actually having a, a long conversation with your dad, and now it's my turn to sound like an asshole. Cockmaster, checking back in. I, in October... Uh, will make and again like I, I, I'm not going to tell you the number because it's I mean it's not super impressive but it's not anything to like shake your head at uh, and your dad obviously knows that number we have a, a very intimate conversation without like you know touching each other's penises but the money doesn't do it for me and again like October in real estate is going to be more than like some people make in an entire year that's the asshole portion of it I don't give a fuck about the money. Yeah. Even though money's very important because money does make the world go round. Well, it's a necessity. It was. It's a necessity when you fucking live with you and you don't take care of shit. Anywho, Friday night was the reason that I do things or that I sell real estate. 
It's not about the, you know, look at me on fucking Facebook. Look at how successful I am. I fucking hate that. And unfortunately... I was going to say, you still have to do it. That is That's also, how you get your name out there. Exactly. There's a very fine line between the whole, you know, look at how fucking amazing I am and marketing appropriately, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, but Friday night was the reason that I sell real estate because this transaction... Actually, the transactions that will be completed in October were, without question, some of the most challenging transactions. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's Meg's family. I think one, two, markets are changing. Uh, you know, we had 15, 20 people together at the house on Friday night. Uh, and we got a nice little spread of food. And your mom was fucking glowing she really was it was such a wonderful night and that's why i do what i do like if you saw megan's mother two months ago four months ago six months ago again in the trenches of chemo treatment that literally crushed me like that is not the woman that i knew and again we all go through peaks and valleys like right mm -hmm. like life is about you know the peaks and the troughs right and how you ride that out. But seeing her on Friday night and just like she was fucking happy. Yeah, it was really beautiful. It really was. And, you know, they're they're leaving the house that they built 30 years ago and raised their kids in. And they're moving on to, you know, the next step before we put them in the ground, frankly. Too I, soon? Yeah, sure. But you know what the thing about that <laughs> is, too? I actually thought I would be sadder about my childhood home being sold more sad but the fact that they're moving a so close to us and b i know it is such the right decision for them to not have all that responsibility and like, the tens of thousands of commission dollars going into the account i'm super happy too like i am just so much uh, more comfortable and content with them being in this new house being closer that i can get there in an emergency in 15 minutes you know and that they don't have this huge property and all this stuff to take care of. I just, it gives me such solace that it's okay that a new family is going to be in the house that I was raised in. And that was actually important to them too, that it went to a family that was going to raise children there. Yeah, because it was such a wonderful home. But you know, it's so interesting. So when my divorce finalized, I did not cry. When my house sold, <laughs> I did. Uh, do you remember that, Chris? I like sobbed when my house sold. Oh, yeah. Because there was something about that house. And the fucking asshole didn't use me as his realtor. Like, <laughs> that's fucking, what a douche. Anyway, when the house sold, I was sad. And I think Like, it was I'm just fucking her, bro. Like, because it's my, not that serious. my son was, you know, six. And so he said to me, he was so sad when that house sold. And he's like, Mom but that's where all my memories live. And that mm. crushed me. Yeah. And it's funny because now that that house is selling um, and I can see that it's moving on to a better thing, I like can understand that my memories don't actually live in that house. <laughs> no, they don't. But when Max said it, I was like, you're right, I'm sorry. You know, like it, that was hard for me. Yeah. So I guess that's why I'm so confused why you've been such a dick the past 48 hours then when Friday was so lovely. Well, because then I had to return to fucking real life with you and <laughs> like your midnight farts. Oh, my God. 
So I woke up the other morning for work. <laughs> what is about to happen? Frankie, obviously, still in the bed. Bird Dog is in the bed. You know who's not in the bed? Megan. And for a quick moment, I felt instant relief. I was like, fuck yes, she's gone. So I looked in the closet and none of her luggage was gone. Then instant sadness returned and I was like, fuck, she's here. So I went into the bathroom to go smoke a cigarette because that's what I do. And who is laying on my fucking bathroom floor but Megan, spread eagle, face down on the bathroom floor and compelled to be a loving husband. For a brief moment, I checked in on her and I said, Megan, are you okay? She's like, no, my tummy hurts. I was like, okay, I'm going to work. Work it out, girl. <laughs> he actually, I'm going to be honest with you. There was a panic in your voice at first because I was like diaphoretic and like unconscious almost on the floor. There was panic in my voice because I couldn't fucking walk over you to smoke my <laughs> cigarette. It was cold and rainy. I'm having bad stomach problems. I'm going to the stomach doctor on Wednesday. So hopefully that gets worked out because I'm in a bad situation. Wednesday's going to be a good day. <laughs> I can't wait. It's been a long time coming. But I don't, yeah, I don't know. So I don't know why you've been such a dick the last 48 hours. Because I told you, I still live with you. Nah, see, that's all bullshit, though. So when I was laying in bed last night, and I no longer let this rent space in my mind 24 hours a day, but after you spent the day being an asshole, I do let it rent space in my mind for at least a little bit. And so I'm laying there, and I'm, like, thinking in my mind everything I want to say, how I want to react, why his behavior is inappropriate. What I wanted to say was, like, this is your own shit. And you need to own it, figure it out, and work through it. I know it's not me. I know this is you. And all I can do is like change the way I react to it. And then because I've lived this relationship now for four plus years, I went to sleep and moved on from it the next morning. But he did not. So nope. here we are. Do you want to know why I'm pissy? Yeah. Because I will have had the greatest month in the history of real estate. And frankly, me personally, financially, and I cannot buy another gun. Okay. And I am fucking bullshit. Why? I didn't get sober to only have seven guns. See, here's the thing, though. You already did go out and buy shit. Like, I don't, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I'm thinking of that check and I'm like, this pays off, this pays off. I can do the kids Christmas shopping and have that behind me without putting it on a credit card. Like all these wonderful things, you Those know, are not for wonderful others things. or for our like future development. But Chris sees it as like jackets and slippers and then, you know, blames me that we don't have any money. I did get a new pair of Uggs because Bird fucking destroyed the last pair. Bird has destroyed 30 pairs, so I no longer buy Ugg slippers. I bought them from Costco, and I'm telling you, they're more comfortable. The Kirkland slippers, the shearling or whatever wool is in the inside, is more plush than the Uggs. I highly so, recommend. Here's the here's the difference between you and I. You got sober for God knows and who cares. I did not get sober to wear Kirkland slippers. I'm telling you, they're more comfortable. And who cares about a name brand? Like, that's all bullshit. Tom Brady does. Yeah, well, you're not Tom Brady, dude. I don't know. My chin's pretty chiseled. Not even close. Giselle is leaving Tom. Do you think For I you? have a chance? No, not even close. I don't know. I'm positive. 
You went from a CIO to a CEO of Derelicts, Inc. Giselle, she needs a man from the streets. I don't think so. Give her that good dick. Mm, well, she should go knock somewhere else. That's why she's going to get the good dick somewhere <laughs> else. It ain't coming from me. <laughs> anyway, that's my shtick. But yeah, I, so I don't know. I don't know if you're up in your head because of making so much money because sometimes when you're an alcoholic or an addict even really good things can fuck you up I don't know if that's what it is no I, I'm really proud of myself because again it's it's such a huge accomplishment I don't give a fuck about the money like I don't yeah well then figure out what it is bro because I'm done with your attitude pack your shit no see not productive well then don't pack your shit yeah work it out do your part no that's what gets me pissed about you. Give and take is stupid. No, that's what pisses me off so much about you because I was just saying this the other, the last episode. We have this amazing life, did all this work, got sober, maintained sobriety, and like, you like gotta create stupid nonsense drama. Like, do better. No. The world, you owe the world better. You do. Sorry, hate to tell you. Does you got not- sober. It's a miracle. Start being grateful. Treating people nicer. No, that's not what my obituary will say. <laughs> well, that's what I'm going to keep saying on a daily basis so you get your shit together. Miserable prick, bad life choices, discerning palate. Let's wrap this up. Let's go. Say goodnight, darling. Good night. I'm Megan and I'm an alcoholic. Good night. I am Chris. I too am an alcoholic. Please cut off your pet's privates. And if you are struggling in any way, put your hand up, reach out, ask for help. So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com.